Hey everybody, I'm your host Tom the Suit Force and I welcome you to another session of Concert Conversations brought to you by the beautiful Palace Theater in Waterbury and our great sponsor Ion Bank. You may know me, I'm a Blues uh, Hall of Famer. Um, I also live in Connecticut, that's me in the background uh, playing around with my guitar. Um, we love to have people who are musicians on this show, and just as importantly, and sometimes maybe more importantly, we love to have people that spur on music and are the engine behind uh, the music business that we have here in Connecticut and uh, throughout New England. So we bring a lot of folks to you who I think are worthy uh, for your attention. Today, I'm very excited because I, I, I would say we have a renaissance man on the show today, Mike Gow. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Tom. Glad to be on with you this day. Yeah, I, I'm glad to have you here. You are part of this engine that I'm talking about. You're, you're a professor. You're a radio show host. Um, you're a live music promoter. So I guess the big question is, what do you do in your spare time, Mike? Um, I travel to look for new talent. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, but you really have. I mean, you do. You wear a lot of hats, man. Well, it's uh, I, I started out uh, actually back in the 70s. So uh, I've been doing this a long time in in various different configurations and uh, as part time or full time. And it's it's morphed over the years. So, so Mike, what, what actually, you say the 70s, so that's like, uh, you know, a billion years ago. Um, right. Things have changed. Obviously, the world has changed so dramatically. What got you started uh, doing this? Uh, back when I was um, a teenager, uh, when the world was very different, uh, I went to work at the Wooden Goblet in Waterbury on Watertown Avenue. And I, I started sweeping floors there in the beginning. And uh, I was almost old enough to be working there at the time. Uh, I told a little fib and uh, <laughs> told them I was already over 18. So they they hired me and and um, I, I got to meet lots of great musicians uh, while I was there. Anybody of uh, that we would uh, notable now? Uh, I was very good friends with James Cotton right up until he died. Wow. Uh, he invited me to go with him to get his BB King award at the Montreal jazz festival. Oh, cool. uh, uh, I'm still friends to this day with, uh, James Montgomery. All right. Uh, you know, yeah, he, he calls me up all the time. Always looking for another gig. <laughs> I know always James looking. extremely well. Uh, he, he was on my, uh, my last album, um, uh, world of broken hearts. Uh, he is a man of a million stories. <laughs> He is. Yeah, he's a great guy. So he's, he's uh, great... are you a musician, Mike? No, I'm not. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my mother uh, convinced me to play the accordion. Ah. And I played the accordion for two years and then went to her and said, um, I have to give this up. And she said, give me one good reason. I said, I have two. She said, what are they? And I said, this thing is just too heavy to carry around. And it doesn't get chicks. <laughs> well, you know, as soon as you said accordion, I thought of number two. 
Honest to God, I did. <laughs> I really did. I thought well, that my, my brother, God love him, uh, he was 11 years older than I am, and he grew up in the time when accordion was, you know, semi-cool. And and then poor you know poor guy Elvis came along and that blew that. But uh, well, you're not a musician, but you are obviously very knowledgeable in the music business. I know a few things. I know a few people. That's that's true. I've been around long enough, and I've uh, I've made a lot of good friends, mostly by um, treating people well. And the musicians all appreciate that very much. Yeah, you know, when you, sometimes, and I'm going to just say sometimes, when, when you hear the words, you know, uh, music promoter, not every musician thinks fondly of that title. Uh, sometimes, you know, when we're out there, we're treated uh, not, not so well by, by promoters uh, because the bottom line is the bottom line, and it's not usually not about art. But it seems like what you do is different. It is. And uh, I mean, just as, as a, a note, um, after we had finished the show, uh, I was sitting at the bar with Billy Squire having a drink. Ah. And, and he turned to me and said, if I didn't have a manager, I'd hire you. Wow. So wow. Uh, I thought that was pretty nice. That is pretty nice. Uh, usually I, I turned to the guy next to me and said, you're fired. But that's <laughs> I guess that's another story. So. Um, under, let me understand this. You're a professor. I'm a retired college professor right now. Okay. And uh, what what did you teach? I taught computer science, and for a couple of years, I taught jazz history. Wow, jazz history. So, you know Christine, Christine Allman. Yes. Now, Christine to me is one of the most intelligent, knowledgeable people in the music business. Yes, she is. Uh, I mean, she knows so much. You you name some name that's you know obscure by <laughs> by by the norm, and she will say, "Oh yeah, yeah, he was born in you know 1572," and you know it's it's unbelievable what she knows. I bet you two have great conversations. Yeah, I mean, she and I have only worked together a few times. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, over the years, but uh, yeah, she's always fun to sit down and and chat with. Yes. Oh. Man, I, I, I've, I've known Christine now for 13 years, and um, uh, I love every minute of it. Um, I, I was just telling somebody else, we get together for lunch every once in a while and kind of kind of talk about the music business, and it's sometimes it gets a little grouchy, but, <laughs> you know. So, radio show host, let's talk about that. Okay. I... Um... I was uh, working, doing some freelance work as a computer consultant and um, got approached by um, uh, an employee that, of the place I was working. And she said, my husband works at WZBG and they need um, somebody to host a radio show. Would you be interested? So um, I went, took a ride up there and uh, sat and talked with Dale Jones for a little while. And they hired me. And that was about 22 years ago. Wow. So... And I've been on every Sunday. Every last... Sunday. So your weekends pretty much suck. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, get, I get Easter and Christmas and New Year off. Oh, well, that's, that's fantastic. 
<laughs> wow. Well, 22 years, you know, mo most people don't do stuff nowadays for 22 minutes. So that's, um, that is impressive. What, what is the show like? Uh, give us an idea of the show, uh, what people will hear when they're, when they're listening. Well, it's a three hour show and it airs Sunday morning from nine to noon. And, um, I try to run the gamut on all the different uh, genres of jazz, uh, except probably for Dixieland and the very obscure avant-garde stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm down the middle of the road. I mean, some of the stuff is very contemporary. Bands like Spyro Gyra and Rick Braun, Dave Sanborn. And then there's plenty of Dave Brubeck and Miles Davis and and everything in between. So uh, you really don't know what you're going to get week to week. And every week um, I pull one CD out of my library and feature the whole thing. And so I might I might do a Brubeck CD this this coming Sunday, which means the rest of the show will be primarily more contemporary because I gave you so much of the old school, but I'll, I'll mix a little bit of, there might be a couple of miles Davis numbers in there, a few from Dr. John, um, but certainly it'd be Rick Braun and Richard Elliott and uh, Jeff Kashiwa and, uh, and, and just to name a few. So it's no matter what your taste is, um, I'm probably going to hit you with something you like at some point in the morning. Do you, uh, you know what? One of my favorite in that genre is the Yellow Jackets. Do you ever? Uh... Yeah, Jimmy Haslip. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I was always so, you know, it's a, a funny thing. And, I, and I'll just give a personal opinion. You know, those of us who have Internet radio, uh, there's kind of a cool jazz. I guess I would call it cool jazz uh, show. And, and it's funny because sometimes I listen to it and I think some of this music is really substandard. Um, it's kind of stamped out. It's it's the same beat. It's usually the same kind of sounds. I don't know if, if you feel that way, but it leaves me a little whitewashed of feeling. I don't know. Well, from what I listen to, I mean, I, I listen to WBGO sometimes and a few of the others. And what you'll find is that in many cases, what you're going to hear is what the DJ likes, what his personal or her personal taste is. Yeah. Um, so in, uh, and if your tastes align, life's great. I tend to listen to, uh, an internet radio station from, uh, Tenerife hmm. out in, out in, uh, off the coast of Spain. Ah. And, uh, it's obviously, uh, it's very different than us radio. Uh, it tends to be a little bit more contemporary, a little more Latin, uh, but you never know what you're going to get. And, and sure enough, I get uh, a bunch of cuts from people that are friends of mine here. Uh, I turned it on last night. And uh, sure enough, the first number that came up was Omar Hakim, the drummer, uh, who, who happens to be a good friend of mine. And uh, it was something off his latest album. So, um, yeah, I look for some of the more obscure places um, so that I'm a little bit more versed in what's out there yeah no i i get you that's that's the biggest crime that i commit i don't always <laughs> i don't always tend to do that in your in your three-hour show do you do um live interviews yes um i've done plenty of them over the years uh 
uh, Jane Monheit's been on with me a number of times. Uh, Dave Sanborn's been on with me. Mm. Um, Bernie Williams has been on with me. Yeah. Um, uh, Kenny G has been on with me. Um, there's been dozens. Johnny Winter was on with me. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of we really ran the gamut there. I think I've probably done over the years somewhere between fifty and a hundred interviews with different musicians. Well, you uh, know, there's somebody had said in an interview I I recently did. Somebody said, you know, there's a there's a short walk from blues to jazz to rock to country, the whole deal. Uh, right and and I I really uh, I love that kind of thought process. It really is a short walk, and sometimes sometimes it gets a little hard to tell the difference. Well, a lot of people say blues is uh, jazz's little sister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's really you know where the a lot of blues came out of you know a lot of the early uh, jazz bands. I was uh, I did a show with. Uh, Jamo from the Almond Brothers. Sure, I know and um, he was telling me the uh, the afternoon when all the boys were living together down in Georgia that he brought everybody in and said, "I have something for you guys to listen to today." And he just walked over and put an album on the turntable, and it was Miles Davis' "Kind of Blue." And he said, "Dwayne Almond just sat back and said, wow. That's great. So, so let me let me ask you. It sounds like you have some really famous uh, folks on. Um, any uh, any one of those interviews stand out? Uh, one was very short, and uh, it was with BB King. Okay. Uh, and that was not just an interview. That was I was live with him on his tour bus doing the, the short interview. And he was one of the most gracious gentlemen I have ever met in my life. Uh, I was, I was really taken back by him. Um, he did some promos for me. He actually recorded one and stopped and said, hang on, let me do it again. I can do it better. And for, a, you know, a lot of superstars, you're just eating up their time. So for him to, to make that kind of an effort saying, hang on, I can do a better job on that. And um, and I always loved working with um, Dave Brubeck. Wow, Dave was uh, Dave was a, a real fun guy. Uh, he and his wife, and I'm still friends with his uh, sons today. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, there's there's been been fun. Um, the funniest interview I ever did was with Johnny Winter, who I actually grew up with um, as a teenager. You know, in my early twenties, mm -hmm. between Cotton and James Montgomery and the whole crew. And um, I get to do an interview with Johnny and no matter what question I asked him, um, so what are we going to hear at the show this week? And he just said, blues. <laughs> I said, so, so what's on the new album? And he says, blues. <laughs> and that every question I asked him, that was the only answer. It was supposed to be a 10 minute interview and it was 90 seconds long. And we got all done, and I hung up the phone, and five minutes later, he called me back, and he said, gotcha, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be right back. Uh, I, I want to ask you a few things about that interview, actually. Before we do that, we're going to listen to our great sponsor, Ion Bank, and we'll be right back, so stay with us. Business owners know you have to take control of your cash flow to grow your business. 
Ion Bank has a full range of cash management tools to help you save time, work more efficiently, and prevent fraud. It's never been quicker or easier to take control of your cash flow so your business can take off. Learn more about Ion Bank's cash management tools at ionbank.com, member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, to Concert Conversations. I am your host, Tom Forst, and today I'm delighted to have on the show Mike Gao. He has a great interplay all the time, I guess. He does a lot of stuff with the uh, Palace in Waterbury, which we're going to talk about. Uh, I wanted to kind of go back to the Johnny Winter. Um, do you know uh, Paul Nelson? Yes, I do. Okay, because Paul has great stories about Johnny, uh, obviously, because, you know, he was his road manager and all that. Uh, and also is the guy that people say got him, got got Johnny off drugs. I was just thinking, what a great interview it would be to have Paul on there and and replay the interview you had uh, with Johnny. Just just a thought anyway. But um, Right. No, I, I, I do know Paul. I've worked with him. He's a, he's a great guitarist. Oh, yeah. And... Um, and yes, he, he was the person that got Johnny clean. And as I was told, the way I heard it, was um, they had him, Johnny, they were weaning him off using methadone. And he got offered a gig in Switzerland. And he said, we can't go because uh, I can't fly with that stuff. And Paul told him that um, you've been eating Mentos for yeah. the last three, three months. Right. So, and he didn't know he was completely clean. Yeah, uh, that I know. It's an, uh, uh, Paul was my um, a producer uh, on my uh, album on fire. So, you know, he told me. In fact, I, I actually met Johnny's uh, Johnny's uh, widow, who is a very nice, sweet lady. Um, so I wanted to kind of get back to uh, your other part of your life here, uh, your uh, jazz series uh, at the Palace. Uh, can you kind of give us a little idea about that? Sure. Um, originally, um, I was looking for a venue, and I landed on the Crown Plaza in Southbury mm -hmm. and um, did, I, I think, nine or ten shows there. And uh, the Palace approached me, Jen Zabruski, and asked me would I be interested in coming to the Palace. And so I uh, politely packed up my bags and headed to the Palace, and that was in 2013. And um, she she had told me that um, let's put three shows together and see how it goes and go from there. And uh, I put the first show together and uh, at intermission, she walked over to me and said, book 12 more. Wow. So, yeah. So um, we're in the Poli Club with seats. Uh, on any given night, somewhere between 80 and 100. I guess I can't say a number higher than that, or I'll get the fire marshal out. Exactly. I, I've, I've actually done something there, so I, I've performed there. It's a beautiful, I'll say smaller room. It's not like, you know, the full stage. Uh, we do two shows at 7 and 9, uh, always on Friday nights, uh, every two, three, four weeks. So, And it, it all varies based on, uh, the availability of, of the room down there. So uh, I sit down with Frank Tavera and Dave Flowers and they pull out their calendar and I pick what weeks I want based on what's available and then start to schedule around it. And 
Uh, I'll normally book oh, anywhere from six to 10 shows in one shot. And uh, so I'll send um, emails out to about 20 musicians and say, here's the dates. Let me know what you can do. And uh, I did have one case where uh, one girl was the only one that could do a date. And I said, well, you just moved to the top of the list because uh, you're the only one that's available on that date. So you're booked. Um, it was nice. I, uh, John Pizzarelli's played there for me. Um, Jay Giles was there twice. Wow. Um, Jane Monheit was there with uh, Billy Stritch and Jim Caruso from Birdland. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Brubeck has been there. Like I said, JMO from the Allman Brothers has been there. Um, and we, we pride ourselves in uh, finding some of the up and coming acts. Um, I, a young, young ish drummer named Dan Pugach from Israel, um, played there and he's got a, a no net, a nine piece band. And after he played his first time for me there, he got nominated for a Grammy. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. Uh, so there's, there's lots there. We actually have a recording that's been released Recorded live at the Paul White Club uh, by a young a female singer, and I, I guess it mar- got it's being marketed, and uh, the New York Jazz Review gave me a, uh, a, a acceptable mark for the production. Uh, we didn't know it was going to be released. Uh, in many cases, we'll record the show so that we have it for our archives, but so it, the artists can use it if they need an audio clip somewhere. Oh, that's so we. So we usually provide them with at least a stereo mix. But if somebody comes to me and says, uh, I might want to release this, uh, we'll do a full multi-track show that can be uh, mixed and mastered. Oh, wow. So you have a, I, I didn't see it when I was there, but you must have a full house recording equipment there. Um, I, I do have uh, a full gamut, a full um, digital um, system. Um, we can do 20, Oh, 20 or 40 channels wow that's great uh, that sounds and, like uh, that sounds like a you know normal uh studio uh that's that's fantastic it sounds to me uh just by a few names that you mentioned that although it's a jazz name it uh, doesn't sound like all the performers are necessarily jazz performers no uh they it, they could be in, in the blues vein yeah um or bluesy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that probably 90% of what comes through there is jazz. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's what people would hear. They would know, they would know the performers before they came. Uh, the, the audience would know who they are, et cetera. You promote that. Yes. I mean, everything's out there in it. Tickets are in advance. I did have one guy walk in the door that he was a pretty regular customer and he walked up to me and said, who's playing tonight? And I said, you bought a ticket? He said, I know if I buy a ticket here, I'm going to get a good show. That's all that matters. That's fantastic. That's about as good as it gets. How do people get tickets? I mean, I, I think I know, but let, let's have uh, our audience know exactly how they do that. Well, sir, um, I have a website, but the company that, um, that runs all this is called New England Arts and Entertainment. So if you just take the, the first letter off each one of those five words, uh, our website is neaae.com. Uh, the schedule is uh, posted. There's video clips up there from past shows. 
there's information on the venue, everything from how to park to how to get in. Um, uh, you, tickets are all purchased through the Palace box office and website. So that's palacetheaterct.org. Um, all the information on, on how to get it is on my website, or you can Google the Palace Theater. Um, we sell individual tickets uh, that are general admission, first come, first serve. Or we do offer uh, a package where I'll do, for example, my fall season is coming up, which has uh, Melissa Newman opening up uh, Paul Newman's daughter, mm -hmm. uh, a young trumpeter, trumpeter named Nick DiMaria out of New Haven, and the Dan Pugach No Net. So those three shows, cool. uh, you can buy a, a package, you buy all three shows. The price is discounted and you're guaranteed reserve seats in the front. Yeah, and 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 those who haven't been there, you know, it's an intimate setting. So you know, you 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 can get spit on by the trumpeter, which is very cool, right? Yeah. Well, one one girl that's been a regular of mine since 2012 um, said I had. To, she said I had to move back. Jay Giles was sweating on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Intimate is good. Uh, I have seen concerts. I remember once seeing Sinatra at the heart, the old Hartford Civic Center, and it was just a he was a dot in the distance, you know. And I I right. left I left thinking that is no way to see a show. And uh, that room that you're talking about is so. First of all, it's it's a, the ambiance is pretty. The people at the palace. I mean, I play many theaters, and I I gotta say they are the nicest people that I believe, uh, and I think it's all from, you know, the leadership there. They're just, they're such nice people. You get there, you feel good. It's easy to park. Uh, it's a nice area around the, uh, uh, around the palace. So that's, that's makes for the evening as well. And it's a lot safer than people think. A lot of people are worried about going into downtown Waterbury, but you can park right in the Scoville Street parking garage, right. and there's a, a quick entryway down in. Everything's well lit. Everything's pretty safe. Everything's pretty much closed downtown right now. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm risk averse, and uh, I I feel very safe going down there. Uh, no one should worry about that. It's it really would be a nice evening for for anybody. And it sounds like you know if you like jazz or even if you like blues, uh, it sounds like that's the deal. Uh, it's n e a a e dot com. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. All right. Well, man, this has been great. Uh, you've given us some great information. Uh, I, I thank you as a musician for all of your hard work in the background to keep uh, to keep the live music engine going. Um, there are a lot of people that do what you do who, unfortunately, for whatever reason, are out of this business because of all the, the calamity that we're facing now with COVID, etc. But, uh, Mike Gal, thank you so much for your time. Um, is this now the the website that you gave us i want to make sure that's your website that's correct all right so it's n-e-a-a-e.com mike gal uh, like i said a renaissance man professor radio host uh live uh music promoter uh, my hero thank you so much for being uh, on the show it was my pleasure tom thank you for having me all right 
Everybody, uh, stay tuned because Concert Conversations has a lot of really, really good people just like Mag Gal that uh, are either going to be behind the scenes or are musicians themselves. And uh, I think you'll learn something, but you'll also enjoy yourself. So thanks for uh, listening to Concert Conversations. Take care. Take care, Mike. Take care now.